the More Than Words podcast. We are the aunties of inclusion. I am Liz. And I'm Shira. Listen, we're so excited to be here. Uh, you missed a really good conversation we were just about to have, which is, um, do you read your own captions when you put captions on your uh, meetings? We were laughing and almost forgot to hit record. But listen, I hope you're at the same space that we are, which is like, we are here, we are present and accounted for. How about you, Liz? <laughs> Well, my captions are in Spanish, so I'm reading it in Spanish and I'm speaking in English. And then I kind of put the word, change the words up. So that's how my week's going. How's yours? So good. Listen, and also, was- I have this like real twain, guys. Like <laughs> My Texas is really coming out. I think it's because it's been, I've been like submerged, submerged, submerged. Are we going with it. Or- we're present in, in Spanish. So like I've been facilitating in Spanish. I've been coaching in Spanish and I'm trying to be very, very intentional on, on learning, learning Spanish. Um, I know Spanish, but, you know, speaking um, casually is very different than if you speak like in a webinar or a facilitation yeah. and you're speaking to a, an organization so, um, yeah, that's where I am at right now. Uh, I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to dream in Spanish, too. So, <laughs> How we different were... is that dream? Like, look, tell us all. <laughs> well, like, that's, yeah, when I was in EG and I would spend 28 days, like, basically speaking in Spanish, the only time I would speak English is when, you know, we were all having dinner and we were out after work. Right. But, you know, eight, nine, well, 12 hours a day, I was speaking in Spanish. And so I just like I started dreaming in Spanish and I was like, oh, my gosh. So I don't know if that's a thing, but it was definitely a thing for me. That was definitely my my experience. First of all, let me just go on record. See, this is that whole piece of being like from America when you be like, how many languages speak? The one, right? Like it's just (laughs) the the one. one. (laughs) <laughs> the one that's available um, shouldn't be the case because we are melting pot, right? But the laziness of um, our availability of languages is here and present. So when I was in EG, I had so much fun because in my mind, I was speaking perfect Spanish and I know for a fact I was not. But because I was just confident in the space, everybody speaking Spanish and they just dealing with whatever words come out of my mouth, I'm sure. I just felt like, yes, I was just fluent. And then when I got it back to from EG, I was like, so y'all really don't know what I'm saying? And they were just indulging me. (laughs) 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 No, but Sherry, you know a lot of Spanish. You really like shocked me when you were talking to... (laughs) somebody in fact you're like yes it depends on how many cervezas i got because i'm very fluent depending on the number of but if (laughs) i don't have any it is definitely like the bouncy ball of spanish like the little i in tingo like just real bad real elementary okay (laughs) okay let's not Listen, let's, yeah, I have questions. We, I, I let's not digress. But let's get into our auntie moment. What yes. you got today? Yes, the auntie moment for me. Uh, so y'all, if y'all don't know about the auntie moment, we usually highlight something from our clients or we highlight something that has had pers- personally happened to us that we want to share, but it's really about something daring or exciting or just random, just the just quite honestly random. Uh, but something we want to share with y'all. So 
listen, my auntie moment is about, is really a PSA. Okay. I have noticed that my clients, so shout out to the clients, Liz and our clients who work with us. Um, love y'all, but I'm about to tell your business. Just two seconds. Just give me two seconds of business telling. Um, y'all tired. Just listen, take the We're time. We're tired. We're off. tired. Y'all tired. Okay. Y'all are trying to put pieces together, do that last minute dash to the end of the year. Listen, y'all tired. Y'all need to figure out what your rest and restoration process is going to be over the next few months. And I have said it. I have used the coaching questions. I have used every skill to tell you that it's time to rest because the things you're trying to work on cannot come to fruition without it. And listen, I'm going to go on record to tell you that I'm tired too. And I know how much energy it takes for me to be present with you in that time that we have together. Or if those of you who, you know, see me speaking in those in an events or whatever the case may be, like I plan my rest so that I can show up fully for you and turn on the thing that you expect from me. However, y'all tired, go get, listen, think about what rest means to you and what it is that you need right now. And it's not just sleep. Some of it is creativity. Some of it is separating yourself from the mundane routine. Some of it is just, y'all need some adult coloring books. Like just go, just go chill, go have a good time. Like, but I want to throw that out there. If you need permission, if you need somebody to tell you it's okay to go lay down, use your PTO, use your vacation days, use your sick days with integrity. Cause you know, I'm not just saying throw that out there. Cause that, you know, words mean stuff, but I'm just saying it's time to rest and plan your vacations accordingly. And it doesn't have to be just sleep because sleep is not always enough for restoration. Sure. You know, thank you so much for that reminder, because I think right before we got on this call, we were talking about how I'm tired. Like it, October was a really rough month for those that are our fo- our, fo- our followers. We keep getting messages about like, when are y'all coming out with a new episode? Yeah, we didn't have the capacity and something had to go in the back burner for a little bit, but we're back. And um, we're resting too, though. But yeah, mm-hmm. no, we're, I think it's really busy. And I think there's a lot of pressure for the end of the year to be busy, mm-hmm. to not sit. And I think I saw somewhere like, you know, how it's, it's critical for your own growth and development and your own, your own mindset to mm-hmm. have that period of rest. Mm-hmm. We cannot perform at a hundred percent, hundred percent of the time. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, what, what are you afraid that's going to happen if you did rest? What do, what are you afraid that's going to happen if you did say, thank you for inviting me to X, Y, Z that I, I'm not going to be able to make it or I'm not gonna be able to do that. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think that's what it is. I think it's our fears of what's going to happen. There's that FOMO, um, there's a pressure to be present in all aspects, but we're forgetting about being present with ourselves. And um, that's one of the things that I'm really trying to hone in with my own kids. You know, um, my oldest kid is an amazing, kind person. But what I told him, I said, 
it's great that you're kind and that you show this amazing presence with all your friends and your teachers. But what about for yourself? Like, what about the kindness that you're showing for yourself and like the being present for yourself? And he didn't get it. He was like, okay, Minecraft, but yeah, he but was I like, hey, what? Anyway. Thanks for this pep talk. Roblox. <laughs> <laughs> Mario, like, like, what? Easy. Okay. Video games. And, Thanks, and, you know, mom. <laughs> and I said it for myself too. And I've, and I, you know, a lot of my clients, many of my coaching clients are women, they're caregivers, they're leaders in organizations, they're going through career transition, transitions. Um, a lot of them, I have a, a, a big uh, of of entrepreneurs is my is like the like the season of women female entrepreneurs, yes. which is great. Like I love it. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a female Latina woman owned business. Um, but we cannot be everything for everyone, mm-hmm. and I think. Not just like our society has told us that in some aspects, in some regards, uh, cultures. I mean, I, I've, you know, I've seen my tias and my mom. We've talked about this multiple times, how they are there for everyone. I have a tia who has a son that isn't doing so well. And so, you know, in our household, we do not put our family members in homes. Like we don't put them in retirement homes. We don't put them in, in care, care homes at all and we take on the caregiving of those family members the um you know being their advocates from a health perspective we take that on but what happens when it's beyond our capability yeah and it's like we've had to walk my tia and even us like every single one of us is feels guilty we're like trying to figure out you know how do we all take a week or take you know in some kind of form or shape and I'm like how am I gonna do it I'm in the UK (laughs) you know yes but but again it's like it's wonderful it's beautiful it's a community but at one point there has to be a line at one point it becomes like okay this isn't our ministry this isn't part of our capabilities we have to do something different. There has to be a different solution to this. So thank you for bringing that up. And I think it's so critical, especially as we get into this season, um, mental well-being is um, a big subject. And I don't think people are taking it as serious as they're seeing it more like a flyaway comment. Do you remember Mm -hmm. we had the big thing about girl power? Yeah. You know, you would see like everywhere Michaels, you would see all all the journals and everything about, and you're like, you know, you, I think I feel like that's happening with mental well-being. For sure. Self-care, self-care is being overused in that way. Self-care is being overused, overused. And as a phrase, as a phrase, but not an action. right. Right. But it's a real thing. And we are facing a loneliness epidemic. For sure. People are being, we are surrounded by communication, but people are feeling more and more lonely. And this time of year, even if you have a family, even if you don't, wherever you are at in your life, it is, it can be a tough part of the year. Um, so I even see it in my, my mom group, you know, how, 
we all look like we just like got out of battle every morning. Every morning we walk into the school. We're like, we look like we just got out of battle with our kids. Take time to take care of yourself. Reach out to a friend. Go. I I intentionally had cups of coffee. (laughs) <laughs> not just because I have the year of the coffee. Not the same yeah. thing. Don't try to throw that in there because that ain't got nothing to do. Go, <laughs> y'all, y'all heard that. Y'all heard it too. Y'all know how I she did. Don't cups, throw that in there. Uh, coffee, like the cups, the multiples. <laughs> no, <laughs> I had, I purposely had very intentional conversations yeah. with, with, with women in our, in our community. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, just like checking in. Yeah. A genuine in. Yeah, so. so I agree with you, Liz. That's something that's something that you're amazing at. But I'm just want to throw it out in addition to everything you said, is that you don't have to do anything. Like just I just want to give you permission. If you needed somebody to tell you, tell them, use my full government name, tell them that she said that I needed to rest. Okay. Do we need the rest? And if you're not a person who's tired or feeling like you're 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 you are um depleting or empty, then please check in with somebody who has multiple roles or have to show up in the space constantly. Check on your executives, check on your your family members who are caregiving. But more importantly, think about those people who are your friends, who you assume that are strong and they good, you know, that thing. Check on your strong friends. Check on those coworkers who are the go-to all the time, our admins, all those people, right? That's typically holding a piece of something up, family, friends, work, other, check on them and don't do it genuinely to this point. You know, coffee is, is our thing. We like coffee. So things over coffee is, is, is always feel good, <laughs> but whatever you need to do, meet them where they are. And, um, I, I think we just need to be cognizant and DNI practitioners, HR practitioners, the world is spending and it's all, it's been spending for years now. Like just, I don't know when your spin started, but the spin has been spinning. So I need you to, to realize that it's always going to be something going on. You do not have to always be reactive. You can always take your time and be proactive. But a part of that is making sure you rest, use your network, use your community, and just know you're not alone, right? Fatigue is is happening to all of us. We just are talking about it and experiencing it sometimes in different ways, but take the time. All right, Liz, I know we have a guest because I... I can't wait. I don't know about you, but you do your part. I cannot wait to hold it together. I'm holding it. I'm so glad that when we come back, when we take our long breaks uh, and we come back, we always are invigorated with like these amazing guests. And this guest is no exception. Um, We did not know each other before the podcast, but we as y'all know, we typically have our discovery calls and it was like an instant connection instant the cover and i do always say this i'm like i need to record our discovery calls but also they're very precious to me they're very like there's something very beautiful and um i journal a lot after our our um our discovery calls because i always learn so much um this individual that i'll i'll properly introduce in a little bit really is what really she brought up was the culture intelligence. And so um, that's her specialty. And we're going to talk a lot about that today. 
but it it had me really think about what cultural intelligence is. And then I got into like cultural humility um, and more like we are as we've mentioned this so much, like we are a global world, right? We are all connected in some way. And also, we're also experiencing shifts, huge shifts, either because of major like environmental catastrophes, um, social unrest, um, people are just moving about the cabin, the world. And so have, and, and more and more companies are very global, um, you know, and what kind of ideals um, are we pushing on to other countries? You know, we talked, we had a, a guest early on and we talked about um, collaborate, cultural collaboration um, versus, you know, using a very Western centric approach to doing business, right? Now you're thinking about it more of a collaboration, you know, how are we collaborating together in this same kind of goal. So I want to bring in Lauren Rosario Maldonado onto the camera. She wants to turn her camera on. Lauren from Cultura. Yay! We are so excited to have you, Lauren. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, Shara. And I want to take a moment to appreciate your first, uh, the first part of your segment, which was to check in. Um, we don't talk about that enough. We talked about it offline uh, amongst ourselves and my brain went elsewhere. When, when I woke up this morning, it hasn't really shown up again. And allowing us space to really check in on how tired we are. It is the fourth quarter and it's, you know, everyone in the world is going through something. There's a lot of pain and there's a lot of exhaustion. And you mentioned, you know, checking in, you held my space so well today because I, you know, I spoke to my daughter this morning and she's like, you know, mom, what's, what's going on? You don't sound like your usual, you know, chatty self. I said, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm running on fumes, been traveling for four weeks. And, and honestly, today it's, it's caught on to me. And I, you know, I, I appreciate you right now, but I am just plain old exhausted. So the point of, you know, some mild depression going on there. And, you know, she says to me, well, what can I do for you? And that was it. That, that was enough, right? To mm. just ask me that question and hold my space. And, and I said to her, just listening to me, talk about it, right? I don't need to, to solve it or fix it or fix me. Just having a space to talk about it was absolutely cathartic. And so I appreciate you both, Liz and Char, for, for that. Uh, Lauren, you know what? Thank you so much for like being so vulnerable and sharing that with us because we really um we really like to honor our guests and meet them where they're at because they always give us the platform to meet us where we're at and, and our listeners do that too and and to share that and to hear that from someone because we we constantly tell our listeners like people are tired or we're we're in organizations where we're like people are tired like this is why this is happening 
So for you to come on and really share your vulnerability and your story and kind of confirm that and saying like, yeah, we are tired. I am tired. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. No, absolutely. I think that we, above and beyond DEI as humans, as professionals, as caregivers, both professionally and personally, we don't really talk about our own exhaustion. We're always there for someone else in some capacity, but really, we don't really take the time to give ourselves the grace of owning what it is that we're feeling, whatever vulnerability comes so important to this work. It's so important for us to really take a look in the mirror and, and, and acknowledge the exhaustion, acknowledge the pain, right? Because it's only, it's only through that pain that we can then go outward and and meet others where they are. Ooh, let me take a moment. <laughs> let me take a moment because that really, oh, ooh, thank you, Lauren. <laughs> that really, um, okay, I just need a moment. You can do it. Um, we you do. We're here You're for right you. here. You're thank right you. here. So uh, I... I think I've shared in in our in our show that you know I lost my dad many many years ago. Um he and I've never dealt with the pain of losing my dad. So this year my kids really wanted to learn cuz your your our discovery call really prompted like the cultural side of it. So I was like YouTubing things. I was reading. I have books. <laughs> I have all sorts of things. So thank you for that. And in, in that, I learned about like cultural humility and really like purposely, intentionally learning about not just one owns culture, but other uh, other people's culture so that they can then be welcomed into different spaces, right? And so we started off with, you know, I'm first-generation Mexican-American from the U.S., now living in the U.K., and um, I wanted to know more. The My children, I, you know, they're, they're here in the U.K., and, and they're very young and being raised here, and they really want to hold on to their culture, their Mexican roots. So my son, my older son, really wanted to celebrate Dia de los Muertos, so Day of the Dead. So we've been learning about day of the dead it wasn't something living in a, in the us that we celebrated that uh, very much mm -hmm. it's it's definitely i think with um coco and all the different movies the book of life that there that is definitely coming more onto the the eye of the public on on what dia de los muertos is so we started um celebrating this and we set up a ofrenda for my father Right, he passed on, and we we had a we had an onion and a baseball and like all that stuff. And I think what what it prompted me is that I've never in all these years have dealt with the pain, mm -hmm. and I don't think I've ever reconciled that experience. I kind of just shoved it way in the back, and I never dealt with it. And I think when we openly deal with hard things and adversity and painful moments like you said it really helps us to then show up better 
and stronger in different places. And sometimes it's not even better or stronger. Sometimes it's just like more vulnerable, more like relatable and human. And no, I'm not a robot. I can't just push that big pain, you know, out. And so, so many things came flooding down (laughs) as you said that. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you, Lord. That's not even what we were talking about today, but definitely thank (laughs) you for that moment. (laughs) No, you're welcome. It's actually related. Yeah, it's related, you know, and and part of what you're talking about is cultural in and of itself. Some cultures, you know, emphasize de eso no se habla, um, where, you know, these little, I call them coupons, they collect in the back of your mind. And one day you have this blowout sale where all these little coupons just come out and you're like, okay, well, what's happening? What what, what am I buying right now? I, I, I don't, I can't tell what, what I'm buying. Um, and to your point, you know, we are so conditioned not to talk about pain, not to be uncomfortable, but growth is uncomfortable. The pain is of, of growing is uncomfortable. They don't call them growing pains for nothing. So it's great that you're helping your kids honor that part of your culture and using that as a way to connect them to the past, present, future, while also giving yourself the space you need to heal and to reconcile with your father's passing. Yeah, I think that, um, so for y'all, y'all not watching the YouTube, you know, I got the tears, the tears was flowing while they was talking because it's just, you know, catharsis looks like that. I'm smiling because I am still happy, but catharsis is my, my body is tears are coming out and my body's just releasing whatever that is. Right. Either love for my friend as you talk about a difficult conversation or the fact Lauren very confidently talked about depression, which is something that is typically shunned away from like those things are really showing up real present in my body in the moment. And And I'm just proud, right? Because it has taken us so long to talk about the imperfect parts of us. And Lauren, our conversation from our discovery call, when you so so strongly said, I am whole, I'm reflecting back on that. And I was like, yeah, in that moment, I was 100% whole. I was so fine with being in service and, 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 and being in service for others. But as I think about that time when we talk versus now, And the level of depletion and the lack of wholeness that I have because the energy isn't there, right? The person Mm. is there, but the pieces are so faded because I've used all the energy in places that wasn't for me. And it's not the bad thing, right? Like we we are here to have inter- uh, interconnected experience in our lives and we are here to be of service, but we don't talk about when we're not whole. And, it, and, and and now I'm so happy. Like that's what, that's the reflection that I wanted to at least offer. And I also just wanted to share with our listeners, like what we had talked about in our discovery call, because it was really about that particular phrase, like I am whole, you know, being in service and in service with others. So I did want to reflect on that, but I do want to ask a question, which is more about like, as we, as you reflect on that statement that you said, I am whole. And, and what it means to you, I wanted to just know, how are you feeling in this moment? How different is that space? And and what do you want people to recognize right now that you have to offer them? That's just as 
that you need and also that what you want to provide in this moment. Because I think a lot of times we we just do. We don't acknowledge and say, no, no, no. <laughs> Here's my boundaries. Here's what I have. This is what I want to offer. And I think also on the receiving end, when I see somebody who is, you know, not whole, not feeling 100% themselves, I mean, you jump right into what you think may make them feel comfortable from your purview, not from what they need. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to offer mm-hmm. some space for, for us to just show up vulnerably if if you would be open to that. 100,000 quadrillion percent because, yeah, that, that was an, a Laurenism. I am whole. I am whole. All parts of me are here. And this morning, before I talked to my daughter, I was thinking that, that you know, I'm whole. I'm going through this physical exhaustion and mild depression and has nothing to do with how whole I am. It is that all of the pieces of me are still there and some are just depleted, but I am whole. And it's not a deficit. Acknowledging that, you know, I'm having this weird uh, depression in the, the peak of all things milestones coming to fruition, yet I am physically, mentally, spiritually depleted but I'm still whole. I need to honor that. I need to honor that that is me. I am multidimensional and this is where I am. This is where I am today. The good, the bad, the ugly. Let's move on. Well, what's here? Okay. Give it to me. Fine. That's it. I feel like crap. I'm exhausted. Slept nine hours was not enough and I'm ready. I think, you know, Lord, Thank you for sharing that because I think that's so, I think we often forget that you can have both, that mm. you can, like you said, I'm, you know, I'm in the midst of all the things that I've been working on that are coming to fruition. They are coming real. Everything that I prayed for, everything that I worked for, it's here. Yet I'm also exhausted. I'm also depleted. I'm also in this moment in time where I'm grieving something, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I think that depression and the, and, and the comes from that grieving side, like, we you know, it's not often like what you've lost or something, but maybe it's like, now I'm having to, like, I've worked so hard and let that like life go that you've worked so hard and it's like moving on to the next and sometimes we're so quick to just move to the next thing as opposed to sit there and really acknowledge that so I really appreciate that how how you because I'm definitely not one of those people that sits (laughs) as you can see like my father passed a long long time ago and I'm not one person who sits Neither but am I. I it so- takes work. It takes work, right? It's it's a daily commitment yeah. to you, to yourself, to me. And in coactive coaching, one of the uh, one of the aspects that that um, forms a life is process, right? You have balance, you have fulfillment, but then you have process. And process is about those these moments when. You're not going forward. You're not moving backwards. You just are. And you're in the midst of all this caca and just, it feels 
like crap and you don't want to deal with it, but it's here. And so you're processing, right? You're like simmering. It's like those dishes that take a while because they need you to sit there and like literally stir until you're going to die in that moment. But, but what comes out is absolutely delicious. And that's, that's process. You know, we don't take enough time to accept that about ourselves and about these moments, whether it's culturally um, conditioned or, you know, we are uh, following someone else or we, it's a bad habit, whatever it is, we need to take time to actually sit in it in order to move forward. I don't like it, Lauren. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I'm sorry, y'all. I love y'all. Y'all know it, but I don't like it. Process. No, she doesn't it. like it, Lauren. She does it. Process. I'm she telling right now. She, she, she my goes away from hot. my texts. My armpits is hot. My eyebrows is getting hot. I'm so over it, y'all. Y'all sit here said that magic word three more times. I felt like it was about to just sprout up. <laughs> I'm telling y'all, this is the part. And for those who know me, know this. I am a, I'm either going for it or I'm planning <laughs> to go get it. That's it. I. That's mm. it. The processing is the hardest part for me. I can do it with other people, but I cannot, when it's me, like you said something, I commit to myself. I'm going to use that phrase because I need to say that before I start talking about processing. It is hard. Liz is one of those people. And I have one more other friend who's really good at like really challenging me to process. Like I have a good, mm -hmm. I have a good network of people who have been trying to like really be advocates and stand in that space, but I don't enjoy it because the problem is I don't know when it's going to end. And I, and mm -hmm. for some reason, time and like I've not as a person who's grown up in single family homes or multi-generational homes or even having a level of independence like after school and college you just don't have the time to just sit in something because there's either something to do or you're planning to do and it's honestly felt very selfish to sit in the moment and just be thinking about yourself and something that is important to you versus in service of others or, or doing your part as a team. And so I fight this all the time. I fight this all the time, but I encourage it with others all the time. And I stand in the space. This is the part I'm with you. I can't, it is this part. Every time people say process process, but I will just let y'all know I'm recovering because I have been telling people recently, I'm like, I just need a moment so that I could process this. And as, and I'll be honest with you, it feels naked saying that. I mean, like absolutely unclothed because I'm known for moving quickly and sharply and connecting the dots and being in the moment. But, ooh, y'all, y'all kept saying it. And, and I being just, there like, for um, everyone. And being, and being there, there for everybody. everybody. Yeah. yeah. Even, even in our workspace, I mean, the reason why, and I'm just going to make an assumption here of Lauren, but I definitely know from a share perspective, the reason why we became, you know, consultants and coaches in this space is because we are in service of others. And, and mm -hmm. we carry that culturally, we carry that in our family and our friends, we carry that in organizations, um, with our clients. And I think, and I'm proud of you, Sharon. I'm also proud of you too, Lauren, like just for having your boundaries and really setting them 
And as uncomfortable as we are, because I've definitely ever come to board, I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. That's not in line with the way I am. But I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what if they don't like me anymore? Like, oh gosh. And my mind immediately goes to, um, my mind immediately goes to negative. It's like, I'm losing everything. I'm like, nobody's going to want to work with me anymore. But also, nobody's going to want to work with me if I'm exhausted and not taking care of myself and not showing up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in a way that I am proud of, you know, I think Sherry, you said something so powerful to Lauren before we started the show. It's like, it's all right if we don't, and we're not going through our normal like format here. It's okay. Like whatever you want to share, whatever, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you have to be proud of what you're producing. Mm. Oh, so great way to start a Friday, y'all. But I do, I do want to circle back though, if we can. Because it is a way, I do want to circle back. I use that word, <laughs> or like I was, anyways, I use it. So I do want to circle back about because this is more of like an introduction of you and you as a person and, and who you are. I'm going to put all in, and when we promote this episode, we're going to put in, you know, all your qualifications and who you are and how you work. But we really want to know who is Lauren? Like, what? And we use that, we use the diversity wheel to, to, um, for our guests to tell us like, who are you? You know, what are those dimensions on that wheel that really resonate with you in this very moment? Oh, that's a, that could be a loaded question because the answer changes as the day progresses, doesn't it? I think that today all all dimensions fell into one space. And for me, that was uh, physical Um, because I'm also neurodivergent. You know, exhaustion plays a big role in my ability to focus. And um, another primary reason why I take it so seriously, it's, you know, my my ADD today was like, (laughs) you know, and then my my brain ran away and my ADD was like, come back, come back, come back, you know? So if if you were to ask me my number one um, identity uh, taking over for the day is my mental and, and physical ability. And plus, you know, there is such a thing called aging. And even though my brain is 20, my body seems to want to age faster than than my brain. So they're having a hard time communicating. But, um, you know, another top of mind topic for me is family. We're we're taking some time to just be together. And so I'm excited about that. And, you know, we talked about this before. I I have a love-hate relationship with the dimensions of diversity because it's so easy to box ourselves into those different types of dimensions, not understanding how they how they influence each other and they're intertwined, right? No two are are similar and no two hold the same space in how we show up every day. Um, even today there's other aspects like my my occupation. People are after me for you know about uh different things and 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 my my head is just like I don't think so. <laughs> I don't so, <laughs> but that's where I'm at today. 
I'll be honest with you. I'm so glad you said it. It's, um, you know, the dimensions have changed. Like, I'll be honest with you, more so than ever, they move. And, and I feel like there's just been, like, external world pressure that moves them. I feel like it's so many things that typically doesn't have so didn't have so much control in previous instances. And maybe it's because we do consultant, but I mean, it seems like it can just turn that spin. You have to constantly be thinking about the dimension that is important to you in the past. It'd be so easy. Mm. These are the ones I lead with all the time. Boom, bow. Right. But then it's now it's more like, it really does depend on what it is that I'm choosing for me versus how I'm serving other people. And I did not know when it happened. I don't know when it happened, but you're absolutely right. It's like, I look at that wheel all the time and it starts to blur. It was so clear. It started, mm-hmm. it just can blur. And sometimes it's by the morning, it's one way and by the afternoon, it's another and completely completely in completely normal (laughs) yes yes of course because that's life right life is fluid we are fluid we're multi-dimensional and you're right some situations call for you to to summon some aspect of your identity more than others and so it's it's definitely situational and it depends in in the moment i do have a question though so i one thing when we were talking about um, our dimensions of diversity. I mean, and when we were talking about the diversity, Will, and then you started to bring up like your book, you know, Becoming the Change and the Power of Cultural Intelligence, you know, there was a way in which you really describe the personal growth and like how we see the world and how it how it plays together. I, I think it's so relevant for our listeners to hear a little bit about that. Do you mind just sharing a little bit about that? Because I think it really does go into the blur of the wheel <laughs> and the and the power that we probably need to summon <laughs> to kind of navigate it in this moment. So I don't want to be selfish because we had a great conversation about that. No, absolutely. And I, I, I appreciate you bringing that up because one thing we don't uh, talk about enough is how our cultural values influence how we think, how we behave, and how we show up in the world. They intertwine or are embedded, if you will, in these dimensions of diversity. So the book is is really about my experience and how I came into cultural intelligence and how little I understood about not just cultural values, but my own, my own ancestry, my own heritage, and how they influence everything that that I believed in, that that I perceived. And you know, I went through a very painful, process-driven period in my life where I had to go inward and understand uh, my my culture, my my cultural values, my my beliefs, and question a lot of them. Um, you know, cultural intelligence in and of itself is a framework that helps you understand and navigate differences, primarily cultural differences. And so the cultural values component of that provides you with an understanding of, you know, how you prefer to to be in the world across the 10 dimensions that that the cultural intelligence uh, model highlights. And 
and, and gain some understanding about what areas of your life are influenced by those values and how they play out when you're interacting with others who are different from you. And what I found and what led to, to me writing this book is that through this cathartic uh, moment in my life, I realized how powerful this, this tool can be for creating understanding uh, above and beyond the workplace, but in our personal lives as well. I mean, it's led to some profound connections and and discussions with my own family, with my mom, you know, my my father. And so it helped create this, it helped create this space where we could have these discussions using neutral language um, that helped us be vulnerable with each other in order to understand, right? It wasn't with the intention of changing one another or imposing our beliefs on one another. It really was just about understanding. And in the book, I highlight others who have done the same without even knowing what cultural intelligence, the term, the, the, the framework meant. Um, and, I, and it's the power because it is that powerful when you choose to use it when you choose to not only immerse yourself, but to really uh, use it as a tool to navigate differences, it can be that powerful. I, I appreciate it because I think that cultural intelligence has gotten such a academic or organizational kind of development um, reputation. And the intention of it is really at the basic basics of what you said. How can we connect with each other more deeply? Right. That's what's the that's mm. the intention. But it's gotten such a bad rap where it's like, yeah, you know, we're in different time zones and we just know how to work with each other. Like, no, nah, it's deeper than that. It's deeper. It's about the person, their experiences and their lived experiences, their goals, their aspirations, it's the wholeness that you were talking about, how they serve others, what's their purpose, um, and how do you seek to understand it? And I, I do want to appreciate, and I did not think about it in this way, there are some relationships that I struggle with um, in my personal life or have historically that I never thought about using cultural intelligence specifically in that way to have conversations that are typical, typically different, like typically difficult because mm -hmm. where me and that other person has started seemingly is so different. But when I mm -hmm. thought just, when you just said that something just really opened up at me, like, look, I've been bawling this whole call, right? The tears are just streaming <laughs> down. We're going to ignore that Shara just literally has been wiping tears away. Uh, and it's because that's my body letting something out and that's less about the fact I don't can't even tell you what it all is it's like a single word boom 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 okay but I thank you for that because once again even I who use this curriculum use these terms use this information once again going back to what you said I commit to myself I commit to myself to do the work that I'm willing to do for other people yeah. I'm I mean and that just hit me hard yeah. Yeah, and I think even, you know, I think, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Lauren, go ahead. 
No, one of the things that I want to emphasize, and I allude to in the book, maybe not as explicitly, is that there's a misconception that culture is about ethnicity, national origin, and race. But if we think about the word culture in and of itself, it, it's, it really represents the way that a group of similar people or, or aspects behave and act and, and believe, right? And so when we think about culture, yes, it's easy to, to think about it in a global scale, right? In, in the workplace having to do with, for example, um, multinational corporations, large multinational corporations, but local is the new global, right? And we have we have all this technology that helps us connect with people from all over the world in our own backyard. Our family construct is a culture in and of itself. Um, departments are cultures within an organizational culture, right? We have societal communities that also have their own culture, whether it's you know religious groups or um, you know churches or all types of museums, right? There are all these aspects of society that have their own culture and they have their own language. So this framework helps you navigate the differences within those cultures as well. That it's not just for the workplace, it's also for us in our personal life. You know, We may interact with someone who at the supermarket, we will interact with five people and they are all completely different, representing five different cultures. You know, Lauren, one of the words that you used earlier was cathartic. Um, you mentioned that as you were writing this book, that there was a catharticness on it, especially as it relates to you and your parents. And one of the things that I really learned after you and I talked, after we had our discovery call and I was researching this topic and in more sense of, 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 of disrupting my, at the moment, understanding of what culture is, right? So I was seeing it from a, a global organizational standpoint. I had never related it to Shara's point back to my own personal relationships and I think one of the biggest things that I learned and it disrupted my own assumptions and biases and stereotypes that I have formed, mm. not just in people from, from other cultures, but even within my own family and friends. And it really clicked in like a, a, a curiosity, especially mm. towards my mother. And I think you mentioned that as well. And I'm just curious because I know what it did for me. I'm curious to know, like, if you were willing to share that, like, what was that moment? Like, what was that experience that you had with your, your parents? Yeah, I, um, because I, I went back and, and did the work, painful work, I understood that a lot of my moms, and I use my mom particularly because we, we've always had a very contentious relationship because we have very different beliefs and in, in, in values, if you will. But understanding 
understanding more about the history and my ancestry helped me understand how she arrived at those beliefs, how she arrived at those cultural values and why and how mine were shaped by my upbringing and where I was raised. You know, I was raised in, across the United States. He was raised, she spent her formative years in Dominican Republic during a, a very tumultuous time. So a lot of her cultural beliefs were shaped by those times. You know, she comes from a different generation where, you know, you don't do this, you don't do that. And, you know, and, and especially as a, as a Latina woman, oh boy, it was, it was a very, very rough time. And so I didn't understand that growing up until I did this work. And once I, I, I understood where her beliefs are, are rooted for or what shaped them, then I could have a more, a, a less emotionally loaded conversation with her. Okay. Because she comes from that generation where, you know, um, parents are seen as the authority and you don't question and you don't, you don't challenge, you just follow. But my upbringing taught me otherwise, right? It was almost like this dichotomous experience where at home, yes, I was taught that. But when I went to school and when I was immersed in society, it was very empowering and very, um, very transparent, right? And so growing up, I didn't know necessarily how to reconcile these two, these two worlds until I came across cultural intelligence. And in speaking with her more recently, you know, when she says, when she makes comments, I'll, I'll use one simple reference. I love bachata. It is a Dominican genre of music. That's like my number one, my number one music, um, you know, getting your groove genre. And she hates bachata. When I tell you she hates, she always said that that was a lower class, you know, music. That was, that, that was for low class um, people. And I remember thinking, you're such a snob. Like, what? Why, why would you think that's, you know, again, I did not understand how she arrived at this conclusion. Um, and recently she came and surprised me for my, for my 50th birthday. And guess where I, I take everyone to my favorite bachata place, right? And she has her face, you know, she's like, and I'm like, come on, mommy, come on, come on. She's like, I said, listen, whatever it is, it's not personal. Okay. Let's just dance. Forget about everything else. Like, okay. And she was dancing. And I, I attribute this to cultural intelligence because had I not understood the history behind why she arrived at that conclusion, right? The bachata for her generation was a low class music. It was sort of country music for country folk and had nothing to do or, or, or no place in mainstream um, society. Then that conversation would have been different. I would have been like, oh, you're such a snob, like fine, don't dance with me, whatever, right? 
But yet I came at her from a place of understanding. I didn't change her. I didn't, I didn't devalue what she believes. I acknowledged it. Oh, right, right, right. But one dance, one dance, you know, for me. I wasn't, I, I, I wasn't invalidating her lived experience. I was inviting her to share mine. Mm. And that in and of itself is powerful. And that's just one little example about all of the different conversations that we've had. I just, I love that so much because that's such a beautiful like analogy to, and a, a beautiful story, right? And and to show it's a small, it's like, I'm inviting you to experience this. And I'm acknowledging, it's like two things, again, two things can be true. You can still have your experience, yet I'm also inviting you to maybe experience my own my own life here and the things that I want. I think that's, and, and, and kudos to your mom too, for going, yeah, I'm going to go and dance with you because you're my daughter. Like think about the bravery that, and that's, that's, that's one thing that what came up for me as I started learning about culture with my own mother too. I started appreciating the bravery of my mother for having to disrupt so many of mm. her thinkings and her own experiences and to not just acknowledge, like, again, going back to like acknowledging the pain and acknowledging adversity and acknowledging the experience, regardless of how difficult they were. Uh, Cause some of the, some experiences are like, they were so difficult that she doesn't want to remember them anymore, but 100%. she had to, yeah. And she had to really like face them um head on face to face like this is gonna be hard and so for me what came up with me is like it humanized my mom because for such a yes. long time I thought my mom was a robot <laughs> yes a me too. Robot. oh my gosh I was like I, yes like no emotions no feelings mm-hmm. and it really humanized her and I said oh and it it gave me well, how do I want to say it? Not the permission, but I guess it uh, it gave her the permission in my space. Like, because I created this space mm. for her that was more inviting to your point, right? Like, mom, come and experience my life. Come and experience here. Let me honor your experiences. It almost like I saw, it was like this invisible weight off her shoulders that came off. And ever since uh, then, and I know the moment, like ever since then, our conversations are so deep now. I hear mm-hmm. about all the, like the history and the story. So I just started recording every single one of them because she, in the 39 years that I've been alive in this world, never shared anything. Um, you know, she's always like, cerrado, like, like pick it out of them. Yes, yes, yes. De eso no se habla. Yes, no? I know. Like, Which we'll about to those things. who don't speak Spanish. Yeah, it means we don't talk about those things. And that's a big cultural uh, phenomenon, especially for us and our families. And and you're right, because if you notice, you know, and it sounds like you did the same. We didn't come from a place of judgment. Right which they they're accustomed to experiencing 
their entire life. And I'm talking about that generation, right? Especially for immigrants. I mean, they've had to thrive in the midst of judgment, in the midst of being forced to, to assimilate, right? Now it's trendy to be authentically uh, present and, and wear your, you know, your, your heritage on your sleeve and, and represent it proudly. That, that was not true for that generation. Yeah. And understanding that helped me appreciate her and my father's bravery, to your point, even more. You know, they went through all of that for us to have this opportunity. So how can I judge that? Yeah. How can I sit here and, you know, and see that in any negative light? They did what they could was what they knew, what they learned, what they what they had. Yeah, it's interesting. I I agree. The empathy, the amount of empathy in this particular journey, as close as it is in the in my personal life and in our personal lives, it takes a lot, a lot of empathy and a lot of those moments of just trying to seek to understand. I find at times that it's the hardest when it's the person that you want, you have the most the most closeness and love that you either aspire to have or you have for them. Those are the I mean, er, you love your everybody, right? You love your family, but there's some 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 instances where the desire and that connection is so strong and so delicate and so important, mm-hmm. right? To who you are. I I just sit here and I think about, and it's always been something that I, I always ask myself, like, how is it that a person who has so many constraints, so much judgment, so many tight ropes to walk? To just have a person like me, like created a person who just like, <laughs> hello world. I came here and I'm disrupting everything and that I'm not doing any of this or any of that. And I, I I've always wondered that, right? Like I, before I took CDI, um, our coaching certification, it was one of those things where I'm like, I don't understand. How could you make this? You know, but it, it is the the obvious question, which is, the the work the thing the judgment that you took that you remove you set aside the disempowerment that you felt during your time you set aside and you gave and you instilled and embedded all the things you did not have so that I and others right can have a different experience in this world yeah. it is absolutely insane mm. to think about how much change even in their life that has mm. happened to them and in the amount of change that's happened in our life that they came out of that with an abundant mindset. Mm. And so mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I still sit in that, like not processing. Cause I'm not giving y'all that, but just <laughs> sitting in it. Okay. And just thinking about how can you give that and offer, how can I give that, right? I have an abundant mindset. How can I make sure that the generations or the, the people I touch get whatever that is that they're going to need for generational to sustain them for what's next for them? It's it's one of those things I think has to be studied because- But Shara, you're doing it already though. Like mm-hmm. in your work that you do with kids, you're doing that. You're, you're like, I always call it like you're breaking those generational experiences, yes. right? And yeah, like it, it does blow my mind. Like, you know, that my mom still 
at this at her age right now like despite all those things that she experienced did not it did not waver her at all she pushed forward and she says i am going to make it regardless whether you want because at the end of the day the the, our state is like right they're gonna talk they're gonna talk good or bad about us you might as well succeed and be successful and and do the in the things that you want to do right you're Mm. already doing that shara like you're already doing that stepping stone that, you know, that in like your own experiences, right? You're like, okay, I know that I already experienced this. I know that these are my past experiences, but I want to be better or I want to be different. I want to, I want to start a new, a new cycle of something and you disrupt those cycles. And so like, that's, I think you should be so proud of yourself for that. Absolutely. And, and know that you are because your mom was. Yeah. Yeah. This is what they want for us. You know, we are starkly different because this is what they wanted for us. They wanted us to do better, be better. Not for us to be exact copies. Otherwise they would have stayed wherever they were and remained the same. Yeah. So I invite you to challenge that next time, right? In in relating to your mom or anyone who who you feel like, you know, how can I X because they are Y? No, I am X because they are Y. First of all, y'all not gonna get no, I'm not paying y'all for this good old coaching. <laughs> and uh I just want to let y'all know this gotta be free because I didn't sign up. No it coach is free, my love. It is free. I, I, it I is can't free. give y'all nothing. I can't give y'all nothing. I'm telling y'all, y'all be breaking, breaking through on something. And I don't know the floodgates of the tears. I didn't even know I was dishydrated for today. Like I, it's been nonstop. The flow, the faucet of the tears. I, I, I needed this so much. And I, and I make laughter is, you know, just one of those things to give it a little love and break. That's, that's how my family is. So laughter is our way of loving each other. So that means something here today, but I just, I feel like I'm so glad this conversation came at this time because this is that restoration that we don't talk about. Right. Like, and I'm glad it naturally and organically happened um, because just so y'all know, listeners, we ain't got to none of the questions <laughs> that we was trying to talk about. Um, but I will say that I know that this is what for sure I know I needed this because my body's responding before my brain can actually, if I'm gonna use the P word, process it. Um, but I do say that I, I want people to hear, and I'm glad they got to hear the power of just being in the space and connected with two other people today. Like that's, if that's all you're going to make, just make the most of it and have an authentic conversation and that's vulnerable and you're not trying to solve nothing. You just showing up equally with each other. And so if that's all you can, if all you can give and all you can create is experience for that, I hope it's restoring you as it is for me. Right. And, and, and for all, if if that's happening to the both of y'all, I hope uh, for everybody, but I'm glad we got to practice and model it. Um, just in the moment. And there's nothing, there's nothing stopping from taking this practice into the workplace, right? I mm-hmm. mean, 
we haven't gotten to that and we probably won't because we're just in this moment. But, you know, like we 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 did talk about how there is a loneliness epidemic. People are exhausted. And I would challenge like take that take that judgment free zone into as a leader in your organization and how do you apply it to your employees? How do you apply it to the your colleagues, to the people sitting across from you? How powerful would it be to show that empathy and compassion and intent to understand? Like saying, you know what? Like, I get it. You're exhausted. I'm exhausted. Like, what do you need today? How can I meet you where you need me to be today? Yeah, and it's it's hard, right? Because... Look, I, I've been there where the the business demands, you know, they they have the capacity for making you less human sometimes because they're coming all day, every day, all day, every day. But the minute I started applying this uh, at work too, I, you know, I was less judgmental and more human for it. I actually took more time to connect with the individual than business itself, which then turned into, you know, it it improved business outcomes anyway because people felt seen. And before I I incorporated this into my life, my work, my, my journey, before uh, five years ago, yes, I did that. I, I served others. I, I was there. I, I felt like I could, you know, held space for my team and for people, but not in the way that that they needed to feel seen and heard. And this helped me be. Um, I know empathy is used as a as a cliche many times or as a as a as a broad term for all of this, but really it made me a better human. And you know, sometimes if things were not done in the way that I uh, was expecting or or the business was expecting, then I would communicate with the human as a human. I just I love that. So my my final question, Lauren, that I've I put that right in there because, and I think it's gonna just round this topic together. What what brings you joy? Going inward in nature. That is my number one. Oh, I enjoy other things, but that's what feeds my soul. Walking on the sand, feeling the sand in my hand, my feet. Uh, feeling the water at the beach, listening to the waves, just feeling the the sea salt air like touch my skin when I'm you know walking. That's what connects me to my soul. That's what I call going inward. There's not enough journaling pages to feed my soul the way that does. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, share. I always took it when Sherry came and visit me. We go. We went walking so much. She, she, she was all covered up, but it's just like something gets you in the fresh air. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And thank you for this amazing, 
episode. It's definitely something that we weren't anticipating. It never is. But it was like to Shara's point, it's something that I didn't even know that I needed. So thank you. Thank you for sharing yourself and your story with us. Yes, absolutely. And usually we we kind of finish out the show with a little bit of, of a closing reflection. And I think go back and just listen to this episode bit by bit because every five to seven minutes there was like this gem that Lauren really really dropped in there um I'm gonna go back and listen to it so many times and I'm gonna journal after this and have grown so much from this and um I'd also really like to challenge people like what can you do as the year closes out because this episode will come out um, before the end of the year, you know, what can you do as you enter this season of, for some people it's hibernation for some people double down and they really get to, to setting their goals and intentions before the end of the year, you know, what can you do to have restoration in yourself and in others? And how are you checking in to yourself and to others? And are you showing up the way you want to show up in different spaces. So Lauren, would you like to share a little bit of a reflection? I would say my reflection is to show up every day with that intentional commitment. You know, this, this, and I mean, this work, the work we do, the work everyone is doing in some capacity in this world is a journey and that requires daily check-ins with yourself there is there is an essence of humility in that in that you know we do what we do we're no we're we're not experts we're facilitating this in our work and that takes intention it takes commitment and it takes critical self-awareness critical self-evaluation Day in, day out, you know, and the next day you learn a little bit more, you share it and you pay it forward. But that's the work. Yeah, I uh, I have so many reflections, but to sum them all up is uh, drink a lot of water. No, I'm just kidding. Because um, <laughs> the tears have been flowing. I, I would I would say it still resonates with me so strongly is. I don't know the last time I've committed something to myself and I'm going to spend some time with that because I I literally was listening to you. I love water. And I'm thinking about like, how intentional am I to make sure those are things that I get to enjoy. I fill up with my family. I fill up when I'm with my friends and I've never made commitments other than to like honor my 93 year old granddad and making sure that if he call or he say you need to, that he want to see me, it's done and deal is done. Right. Um, but I have not made commitments to myself and, and, and though I've done things for myself, that's been important. I've never committed in that way. I've never said it out loud. I never put it on a vision board that this is what I'm going to do for just me. So I'm taking that away today. I'm taking that away along with I am whole and really spending some time with that. Because I think that in the shift of, to your point, we are having these 
fatigue moments and some of our biggest life achievements and milestones and and, and, the, and feeling at your most highest points. Um, but am I, what is my commitment to myself? And so that I can stay focused on that when moments like this show up, that's so unexpected. And I just know that I owe myself that because I would give it to anybody else. So I'm taking that with me. I love that, Sharon. Thank you. Thank you, Lauren, so much for honoring us with your presence, with your story, with with everything. Um, for all of our listeners, we're back. So go check us out at morethanwordspodcast.com. Sign up for Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts. Every, it will be populated everywhere. So go check us out. All right, y'all. See y'all later. Mm-hmm.